the second podcast of the month of May. I'm not sleeping. Uh, well, I am sleeping some. Up to like 11 one of the days this past weekend. It was unbelievable. I don't know what came over me, but uh, yeah, we're wasting we're three hours of potential TV time. Yeah, I, I didn't want to wake up and just watch TV all day. I was, you know, so it was, I wanted to go out and see people, so I slept in. I also had, you know, consumed a couple of beverages the night before. That might have might have played a role, Brad. Might have played a role. But uh, we're 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 cruising right into the true off season time in college basketball. Really, one more month of of news is the portal slows and the uh, draft decisions come in. Um, certainly, you know, some action. I know literally as we record this today, there are official visits happening at certain schools. Um, pretty important potential official visitors. I know Marcellus Erlington is on campus at Colorado State. Uh, John Rothstein confirmed that. Uh, but I know. Uh, Hassan Giara's at UConn. Yeah. Lots of, uh, lots of former Northeast guys looking for spots. But. Yeah. Uh, plenty, plenty of movements still to come, and we will keep you updated on that. But, uh, Brad, before we get into it, how, how, how are we hanging in? How's, uh, how's life in, in the great state of, of Massachusetts? Going for you. I mean, I'm just plugging away, watching TV, watching some NBA. <laughs> NBA, it's, it's, yeah. Wow. It's funny because, you know, one of the common retorts to the Praise of the transfer portal about how it's good for college basketball. Right? One of the, the the opposing viewpoints is, well, what if you wanted to watch a guy develop over four years and now you can't? And my, you know, I've I've always said, you know, number one, winning trumps development, hundred and hundred thousand percent of the time. You'd rather have your team win than watch a guy develop. And you know, guys guys are still staying at, at schools for three or four years. I mean, you're still seeing guys develop. It's just not. The, the uh, whole team's not sticking together. I, I I get that. But if you're someone who is drawn to watching a, a team grow over multiple years and watch them develop, you should really be an NBA fan. I mean, this idea hit me watching the Celtics with Grant Williams is now a knockdown three-point shooting stretch four. Like his development from year one to year two to year three, like I'm, I'm sure people who watch who are like religious Celtics fans and watch every game, but like I mean the developments of Tatum and Brown, of Robert Williams, uh, you know these yeah, I mean, these guys, them, yeah. you know even even the 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 teams that were built, quote unquote illegitimately, you know through through free agency like Brooklyn. I mean this is going to be, you know next season's going to be the third year of. Katie and Kyrie, and a bunch of these role players. So, if you want the continuity, you probably should be an NBA fan. Yeah, but in the NBA, that your star players can hold you hostage, just like they can in college. So, who knows what to do? But, th- but that only happens once or twice a year. A year. Yeah, but there's only yeah. 30 teams. It's not great. Either way, no, I think you're. I think you're right. It is fun. I, I do. I. I, I I think we joked about this last year, like the most fun of watching the NBA playoffs is like realizing who's washed and who's like suddenly good. You know, like you're like, like I think last year everyone like realized like, oh yeah, shit, like Kemba Walker sucks now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, like I think like the first year, I think in the bubble, like Grant Williams was terrible. You know, it was like, all right, all the people who are like Grant Williams should be a top five pick should have gotten lost. But now Grant Williams is like a, it's like a central piece on a, you know, title contender. So, how about 
Brandon Clark was good and then horrible, and now he's good again. Yeah. Max Struess and Paul Reed are both playing rotation minutes. Struess how, is how, starting. Can we, can, we dis- can we discuss how much of an indictment that is on Dave on, on the man who's in charge of developing the overtime elite crop? I mean, like, it's it's – in that sense, it's not an indictment, right? Like he took two relatively like un- under the radar players, and he made them into, you know, functional or helped make them. Like, you know, we shouldn't like take it out of the players' hands. They obviously right. have an impact in it, but like like Dave Lado identified those players, recruit or, or his staff recruited them, made them, you know, got them to come to campus, and had them put them in position to be very successful, right? Like Max Drew's average twenty a game. Paul Reed was, you know getting NBA buzz while he was at DePaul and I think was very productive in trying to pull his stats. Yep. Paul Reed averaged like 12, 12 and eight the year the Max Drews was a senior. And then the next year, I think he was even better. Um, and part of it's just like looking back on like the guys that they had around him, like, like the, the, the team, that more. The, so the, the team that won the CBI or the team that came in second, the CBI lost South Florida. That was Max Drews. Can you do you remember who he shared who 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 he shared a backcourt with? Was it not Charlie Moore? Not that team. That team was Eli Kane and uh, Devin Gage. Oh, yeah. And then they had Jalen Coleman Lands, but he got hurt. And didn't play most of the year. Um, they had Lyric Schreiner as the uh, <laughs> like like. And in the front court, get, so, 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 you had Jalen Butts and Paul Reed, and you had one other big man who was actually very productive. Oh, look, wait, he he was like a, a bulky face-up four. Double gra- double transfer. Double, double yeah, transfer. Yeah, his name was, <laughs> was it like Femi Olajobi? That? That's correct. <laughs> wow. There you go. Holy shit. He pulls out Femi. It, it, he was it, good. He, oh, he, he, he was very productive. Yeah, he averaged the, he averaged thirteen and five and shot sixty percent from the field. But I don't think anyone on their bingo cards for this episode of the pod had a Femiola Joby getting a mention in the first six minutes. But here we are. That's why we're the uh, CB Central Podcast. We appreciate you all listening. We hope you all uh, are enjoying your off season. Um, as a reminder, always five stars on Apple Podcasts helps. Five stars on Spotify or liking it or whatever you do on Spotify. Or forget what you do on podcasts. That always helps as well. Um, but yeah, DePaul having two NBA players on the same team and like not even winning the CBI is kind of funny. Um, and a very good representation of, you know, the whole, the whole era for Mr. Mr. Lado. So, and I mean, uh, on one hand, you could say, okay, he got these two guys to the NBA, but on, on, on the other hand, they were both under drafted. Yes. Struz was not drafted and then Reed should have been like a first round pick. Like in the twenties, and he went like the fifties. Yes. B ball, Paul. Did did you want to get started with roster additions? I I I know you had a larger point that was inspired by some roster moves today, but this but this first move on 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 my list here, I think really encapsulates what you're talking about or what you're going to talk about. So, uh, that- yeah, so we've got uh, a lot of, like, trash to get to, but if you want to if you want to give the example here, Brad, after I just kind of make the initial point, because I, I don't I don't think it's easy to understand unless you're looking at it from, like, the 
the macro. If you're looking at it for right. like for each individual kid, you think, oh, that kid just must be good or whatever. But like the market for centers right now is way out of whack. Like I think you could argue that like the portal in general is like over recruited because everyone wants portal guys, everyone wants immediate eligible talent who could play. Right? Like that's not like a crazy thing. But for centers, it is literally ridiculous. Uh, like, like every single, like if you have ever produced in your life in college basketball, or you were a at all touted recruit out of high school, three star recruit. Yeah, at all touted. Like if you were known, then you are going to the Atlantic Ten or better. Like, the, the, like you, you, you could literally, and, and I, I don't think this is where you know, like, like there, there is a kid leaving Pittsburgh that if unless you are a avid fan of pit basketball, you have no idea he exists. His name is Max Amadison. He's from New York City. I remember watching him play once for the New York Lightning and thinking he was like a mid-major plus big man. He's, he's on a visit to Bonnie's. He's on a visit to St. Bonaventure, like a good a good A-10 program. He played like 12 total games in two years. Let, let, let me see if I can pull a, pull a statistic. Sheet yeah, he's here. like a basic 6'11 and like bulky, but he moves okay. He, he's and, very he's very slow. He's very slow, even though he like he looks the part. He scored he scored four total points in his college career. He's played twenty one total minutes on horrible pit teams. Again, it'd be one thing if he was buried at Duke. He's buried at Pittsburgh, and he he's gonna go to the Atlantic Ten. Chukes Isitua, I think is how it's pronounced. He's leaving IUPUI. IUPUI. Guess where they were in Ten Palm last year. 358 out of 358. Seton Hall called this kid. He averaged six points a game. He's like he's got like half you know half half the A10, the Missouri Valley. You know like he, there is literally like not a center to be had if you're not in the multi league that has ever done anything in college basketball. Like you literally just can't. There's nothing out there. I mean they they all went quick and you had guys like Ryan Young and. Clifton Moore and you know Kansas didn't didn't get any transfers, but they're hoarding like four or five centers over there. Um, and the, the teams that waited, the markets really dried up. Or like the Zags got Efton Reed, Andrew Timmy, and but, Anton Watson, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and Ben Gregg and Caden. Like like what would happen if Ben Gregg or Caden Perry at the portal right now? Caden Perry could go to Memphis. He could go to Washington, Hall, yeah, Houston, Marquette, Maryland. Penn State, Boston College, Wake Forest, URI. Andre, another one that that you can mention for you know kind of drying up the market would be Andre Kelly going to Santa oh, yes. Barbara. You know, like that's another high. And again, I don't think you can just attribute it to like oh, like four high major level guys went to the mid major, went to be backups, and that screwed it all up. I think it already was there. Already was kind of a run on them, but then you just added you know th- those added fuel to the fire. But like, right, I I have a list of teams that could use a center, and you know. Center in the portal and kind of liberal. Like I have Syracuse who's looking for a backup, and they have Munarhina visiting right now, who averaged two points a game at Duquesne. Our yeah, Syracuse when correspondent. Munir, when when Munarhino hit the portal, I like saw that and I was like, you know, that'd be a good transfer for like Sienna to target. You know, that'd be a good transfer for you know Fairfield. You know, you know, get like a big long athletic guy with some upside who played a few minutes. Like roll the dice, you know. Instead, he yeah. might go to Syracuse. Our uh, Syracuse correspondent is ready to jump off the ledge. Uh, he was watching Duquesne film all afternoon. He, he's he's banging his head against his desk. 
Um, but he, he's got to play 12 minutes a game behind Jesse Edwards, probably. So, um, but yeah, so I have five, I have like 15, like 16 teams that could use a center, and there's like four centers out there. And one of them, Oshuna Shunani, might, might go to Florida, a team that has one of the best centers in the country already in Colin Castleton. Two um, big Gators, man. Two big Gators. So, I mean, it, it, it's huge to get in the portal early. And for a team, you know, from 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 the team's perspective, you can't really wait around. You know, like, you get some people that are like, well, why did we take this transfer when there's 10 better shooting guards on the board? If he's good enough and, and he's going to make a positive contribution and he can start for you, you got to take him and move on. You can't sit around and, and risk being left without a chair. Uh, and and, and it's, it, 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 yeah. it's very tricky, Brad, though, I think. On the, uh, because, you know, if you're, so, well, I'll, I'll use Loyola Chicago as a sale. I think Loyola Chicago had a good offseason, right? They got four kids in the portal. They got a D2, like, All-American type guy, whoever's 20 a game in D2, Philip Alston. They got Bryce Golden, who was a starter at Butler. They got Merrow Wilson, who comes in from Lehigh, and then Sheldon Edwards, right? Like, you know, did they get enough talent to be, like, an at-large team? I don't know. I would probably lean no. But we'll see. Like, and you look back and you say, man, like they could have, you know, could you have waited and said, you know, there's going to be more here for us. Like we, we could maybe get involved. You know, Marcellus Erlington goes in the portal on, you know, like the last day of April. Uh, we could have gotten Marcellus Erlington instead of Merrill Wilson. It's like, how, how much of a difference is that? I don't know. It's like, a, it is a difference though. Like it's so, so how do you balance it? Right? Like you're risking it because if you don't get the Marcellus Erlington or the kid never goes in the portal, like, it's very tricky. So, you know, I, I do think you're probably correct. And just like, yeah, like if you can get guys who can start, right. If you can get Sheldon Edwards, who's a plug and play starting wing, you take him and you don't worry about the fact that maybe there'll be someone better than Sheldon Edwards. But at the same time, I understand why you wait because especially, you know, this year with the NIL stuff, like there were kids who were going in just because oh NIL, NIL or, uh, Oh, like uh, now it's the deadline. Now I can move it. But you know, the the time aspect, because it all happens so quick, makes it very tricky. Uh, you have to make decisions on the spot. The other thing you have to do um, is if you invest a lot of time in a recruitment and you miss, there's very few places that can recover from that, right? Like if you if you if you go if you put all the chips in with, you know, like, like Florida is one of the few programs that can probably withstand this, right? Like Florida is a, a elite program and a great brand. They're able to go get back back involved with an Oshuni, but like Florida invests like three weeks in Janai Broom, right? Like he's the guy, he's the target. You miss on him close to Auburn. All right. What happens now? It's just, you know, you needed a big, right? Like, again, we can quibble about that, but like you, you like at Florida, at least you can be like, all right, let's call Oshino Shini and he's going to pick up the phone because it's Florida. But like, if you're, you know, Providence, even if you're Northwestern, if you're Colorado state, if you're, you know, any of these places, if you, if you invest three weeks in like, Oh, we're going to get like Loyola really invested in Cam Spencer. If you really invest in Cam Spencer, you don't get him. Like you're in trouble because you just wasted three weeks that everyone else was taking kids. And I think that's kind of helped lead to that run on big men. Uh, but I mean, right now it's, <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a great time to be a, a big man in the portal. It's a bad team to be a team that needs a big man. It's even bad. It's even worse time if you're a team that needs like a rotation big, like a backup big. Right. You know, like, 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 like Sienna, for instance, very much needs a backup center. Like, how do you like? How, how, like I get Mac, Max and Madison or Mooney or Hema should be Sienna level guys, and they're going to go to like the A10 or the ACC. That's tricky. 
Yeah, Munarhima is going to play the same role on the worst team in the A10 as he's going to play next year on Syracuse, probably. Which, and, you know, there are teams that are hoarding centers, right? Like UConn has Adama Sinogo, who's one of the best centers in the country, Donovan Klingon, a top 50 center, and Samson Johnson, I think, was top 60 recruit last year. Um, right? Butler just got two centers. Right? Is, we mentioned, is, Richie, is Richard Springs still around UConn? Yeah. So, so they yeah. kept. We got. If I, why don't we just send him down to Siena? Huh? Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's let's even the scores here, fellas. Come on. So it it is weird to see like Seton Hall has one big on the whole team, and then other teams are like have like four centers. You know. Uh, it, and I think a, a a part of that is having that transfer portal deadline date be in some cases two months after a team season ended. Guys are just entering the portals at, at all different times, and you got to make your decision on who you want before you know all the options. You know, it, it's right. It's, it's not like it's not like free agency, right? Right. Because on, on free agency right. on July one, you know everyone whose contract expires. A few guys have a team or player option that might bleed a few days into it, but at least you know who those guys are. With this, it's anyone can pop at any time yep. until May first or whatever it was. That was that was two months of offseason basically for, for for the the mid major teams that had an early conference tournament. Yes, sir. Um, did you have any other? Was Moody or Hema your example you wanted to mention as your first big note thing on your note sheet, or do you have a name to bring up? No, it was get our, get our ball rolling. It was Carson Cooper, six eleven, twenty twenty two recruit going to Michigan State. Well, and I so, go ahead. It seemed like Michigan State fans were like, wait, what? I I, I thought we were going to get a portal center. As we were saying, there are no portal centers, really. Uh, you'd think that they were a big enough brand that they could have gotten someone, but it d- doesn't seem like it. They're going for a high upside young guy. Uh, you know, if, if this was 2013 and you're telling me Michigan State's going to war at center with a top 75 recruit in Jackson Kohler, a veteran big who hasn't played much, but he was a former recruit, you know, former top recruit in Maddie Sissiko, and then they could play small with Hauser or, or or Hall at the five. I think you'd probably say that you're in good shape. But in the in the year of the portal, and a brand like Michigan State should have been able to really, really address that need with a veteran. It is it is interesting. I think part of it's like Izzo, and I think his mindset. I think he's very particular about who he's going to take, but. Look, I mean, Carson Cooper. I I, I don't want to bash the kid because I don't. I haven't watched him. Like he played, I think, for like the fourth IMG team. Like he, you know, he wasn't. You know, like there 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 are a bunch of IMG teams. Like he he was not on the team that has like the five star recruits. You know, he was on like a different team. Uh, he wasn't even on. I think on the team with the Diaz kids, uh, who are going to Pittsburgh. You know, he was he was on like a low level team. I think he played on Ipsy Prep with. Um, Monty Bates. Monty Bates last year. I don't know how that went, but again, like it's, I I I I, I texted to you earlier when we were discussing the center thing because I was really like banging my head against the wall looking at all these centers, you know, getting these interests. And I said, and like at this point, like you might as well just take a freshman. Right? And that's like what Tom Izzo said. <laughs> right. Like if you're like, like why am I taking you know if I'm if I'm in the Atlantic Ten right if I'm St. Bonaventure why am I taking a kid that literally could not get off the bench on a team that was 175 in Ken Palm. Pittsburgh, when I could just like take a freshman, whether that's international, 
whether that's, and I think you will see the international kids heat up over the next several weeks. Um, you might see some, you know, some like the U18, the U18 events over the summer could produce some like late, 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 late freshmen for teams you need a big. Um, like, why am I not, why am I not going to the international waters and like taking a kid from Lithuania? Why am I not taking like a post-grad kid who had mid-major offers? Why am I not taking, you know, a, a reclass like, like, and just rolling, rolling dice? Because at the end of the day, like, why is this dice rolling different than Max or Madison and he's got four years left? Right? At least, at least this kid hasn't failed yet. And to, to play devil's advocate in the, in the defense of a Madison, you say, okay, he was a three-star recruit. He right. still has three years of eligibility. Right. Pitt had very good bigs, right? Hughley and Gay were, were, were pretty good. Um, and bigs have a longer developmental curve, right? Lo- longer learning curve. And he's been in a college program for, for two years previously. Um, so that's, that's, I guess, the logic you would use to defend taking a high major guy with no track record. Yes. No, I mean, like, there's still value in it, right? Like, again, and I think at the mid-major level in particular, is like a rotation guy. Whatever. But I just, you know, the higher level I go, right? Like, I'm, like, if St. Bonaventure's 175 in Ken Palm next year, it's a disaster. Yeah. I mean, it's not a disaster. I think that's probably where they're trending right now until they, until they do more in the portal. But, like, yeah, like St. Bonaventure expects, like, when was the last time St. Bonaventure was, was that bad in Ken Palm? Let's see. Gotta be, gotta be a long time. Like, gotta be an early Schmidt. I mean, they've been they so had, consistent. they had one year pretty recently, I think, where they were not good, but they ended up in like the championship game of the. I think that was their freshman year, the freshman year for, for Kyle Lofton. They yeah, like wouldn't have been they that were, low, they were 16, I would think. Yeah. Well, so they, they were 16 and 15. They started one and five and four and 10, and they wound up 16 and 15, 12 and six in the league. And they still were 121 in Ken Palm. Like they they have not been worse than 150 in Ken Palm since 2011, and even that year they went 500 in the Atlantic 10. You know, like, like you, uh, again, I, I I don't mean to make fun of Mr. Madison, who I'm sure is a lovely young man. Um, I'm just like, I like if I was a major coach right now, I'd be like banging my head against the wall. Like I, I don't know what I do right now. You know, right? Do I like yeah. do I take a big man who has to sit? You know, is is that my best avenue? But then I'm not feeling the need I actually have right now. I might as well just recruit a 2023 freshman. No right? one's going like, to sit. I mean, some kids might have to sit. They don't get a I, runoff waiver. I I will believe that when I see it. If they don't get a runoff waiver, they're going to have to sit. That means the other school has to sign off on it. That's crazy. That's still a rule. Oh, it's so stupid. By the way, it also, like, works for any post-May 1st kid. Yeah. Like, any anyone who goes in the portal after May 1st, if their old school writes them a runoff waiver, no matter whether it's true or not, they're going to be eligible. Like, it kind of defeats the purpose of the whole deadline. It's like, all right. But, like, like, like Iona, like, seemingly ran off Ryan Myers right after the deadline. He was, like, their scoring guard. Uh he 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 was like a six man type. He goes in the portal. He averaged like six points a game. Uh, and then they took Anton Brookshire, uh, Missouri. For, yeah, who who shot a blistering twenty three percent from the field at Missouri this past year. How about I? I want to go in six freshmen and one transfer who did nothing. 
after taking Elijah Joyner and Ty Jolly last offseason and Quinn Slazinski. Very market. It might work. I mean, was the market so much better last year? No, but I think now, I think now more, more teams are committed to it. More teams are playing for it. I think more, more kids are going high major. And I think the mid majors, now that there's visits, I think that the mid majors are going to have to wait until the high majors have all had their piece of the pie. The visits Uh, thing is a good, good point. I also think, Brad, the other thing you, want to watch there is NIL, right? Like I think the infrastructure was just a lot more prepared at those places because they already have like the football stuff. They already have the collectives, what what have you to be like, all right, let's like make sure these guys are taken care of. For me, like, like I, I want it doesn't sell out a 20, 2,500 seat arena, you know, like, like right. they have some very wealthy boosters but there's no like, oh, like you're gonna come in and the community's gonna rally around you. So you don't even have like the second level of like, you know, the Mountain West programs where we're like, oh, you know, we have, you know, all these businesses where we can get you like a bunch of shit. You know, it's like nobody gives a, you know, nobody gives a rat's ass about Iona basketball outside of like a f- bunch of people on Twitter. Like, we're very nice people, very nice people, but you know, like they're not, you know, there isn't. There isn't like there isn't anything to sell from like an NIL standpoint until like you set up like a, a collective or you get like a booster who's gonna be very involved. I don't know if that's there, so I don't know if that complicates things at all. But yeah, I think that there's there there are programs that are maybe, a lot maybe, better maybe, than than, maybe, than Iona and in leagues that are much stronger than the Metro that are having a similar pitch of no NIL because no one no one really cares in the grand scheme of things. Maybe uh maybe Rick Pitino is just morally opposed to playing, paying players. Could be, yeah. Have we have have we considered that that possibility? He would definitely say that. That's that's something <laughs> that, that he would definitely. I actually say. can't wait for that press conference in the next month where he sounds off on NIL and says that players like that it's wrong that the players are getting getting paid. It'll be a terrific day on uh on the old Twitter dot com. How about Mike Bray was like everyone needs to shut up and just learn to adapt as. Notre Dame, one of the schools with the big, with deepest pockets. Notre Dame, I mean, that was actually very funny. Very funny. That was a great, I, I enjoyed that thoroughly. Next, next year you're going to hear John, John Shire be like, yeah, NIL is no big deal. <laughs> That's a good one. Or like um, Calipari. Yeah. Love, love the industry. Nothing, nothing quite like it. A, um, a, a second team that that went with a late stock rising big instead of going transfer was VCU, um, where they have a top 100 freshman big. They added Brandon Johns from Michigan, and they added a, a late stock riser the other day, Toibu Lawal, who I think is like an athletic shot blocker. St. Johns did the same. I didn't think that St. Johns needed a big. I thought they needed a shooter, but the market for wing shooters was even shallower than bigs, and that was from the get-go. Uh, so St. John's is like, you know what, we're not going to get a shooter who's actually going to break the rotation. Let's just get a long-term piece. And they got uh, Muhammad Kida, who's like a 7-1 developmental big from the NBA Global Academy. Yes, not the uh, not the worst strategy, for sure. Um, shall we get into some portal and some, some significant commitments here in the last week? 
Uh, there's a few teams that, like, definitely won. I think the first one we should start with is Butler. Butler got Manny Bates, which had not happened as of last recording, um, and Eric Hunter. Now, we had kind of, like, assumed that Manny Bates was going there, but it wasn't done yet. Uh, he officially commits. That's a, like a, that's a significant addition. First off, he's way different from what they've had in the front court. I mean, no offense to Bryce Golden, but like, I, I don't think you could design two more, like, diametrically opposed players than, like, can't jump over a textbook Bryce Golden and, uh, like, super athletic, you know, high, you know, high level rim protector, you know, dunks everything Manny Bates. Uh, you know, I remember this is a guy that was hyped up, you know, would have been one of the top transfers, what, you know, was expected to be one of the top transfers on the market last offseason, was going to go to Georgetown, for whatever reason, he decides to come back to NC State. Uh, he then tears a muscle in his shoulder. After one minute. Yeah, one minute of college basketball. And, uh, he's, he's on the shelf, sidelined. Uh, so this is, this is a big time, you know, upside swing here if you're Butler to get a guy of his caliber. You know, he was a, like a 10% type block rate kind of guy. He was, he was almost 11%. He was top 20 in the country, uh, last season, you know, 64% for the field, like super efficient, high level offensive rebounder, decent defensive rebounder. Uh, and they also did a nice job getting the backup center too. This is a while back with Jalen Thomas from Georgia State. Another guy that right now somebody would be looking up and be like, yeah, well, we could roll the dice on him as a, you know, starter. So. That, that solidifies the center position, which is much needed. And then he solidifies the point guard position, which is also much needed, uh, with Eric Hunter, who's, again, like, we kind of know what Eric Hunter is. He's not super explosive as a scorer. He's not like a super dynamic creator, but I think he's more, he's more of one than Eric, uh, Aaron Thompson has been, without question. Uh, I think he's solid. He's played in the NCAA tournament. Uh, you know, he can, you know, play with or without the ball in his hands. He's a solid, you know, solid shooter, not a great shooter, but like a guy who you can trust to knock down a shot. Um, you know, was on a top 15 team this past year, uh, known as a good, you know, on ball perimeter defender. Uh, you know, like what can you say no about with, with this one? Right. I think, I think you could quibble with the Hunter ad from a macro perspective being like this Butler team needed like a ball dominant point guard, someone who could really create. Uh, that's kind of what they were missing in the past few years. But I mean, it's hard, hard to quibble with getting a guy who is had this much experience. I, you know, if you would have asked me his numbers, I would have overestimated them. I thought he was a better scorer than he actually was at Purdue. Um, but as, as you said, he can defend the position. He's got, Pretty good size, shoots it okay. Um, and, I, I mean, also, I also I think like, he'll he'll fit well with uh, Chuck Harris in the backcourt. Yeah, I'd also like frame it from, from this perspective. The the one year where like Purdue kind of put the ball in his hands and had to let him rock because they didn't have Jaden Ivey, uh, he was a double figure scorer. You know, was he a superstar? No. Like I, you know, people were starting to project him as one. Like that was always wrong. Uh, but Eric Hunter, his sophomore year, and that was a bubble team. You know, I don't, yeah, they were square on the bubble. Yeah, they. I think they were. They were. They were worried about a. They, they were 24th in Ken Palm, but they were only 16 and 15 because they played a tough non-com. They scheduled themselves out of it because they played Texas, Marquette, VCU, Florida State. Uh, and that was when they just pulled non-com. Carson Edwards out of the equation. 
Yeah, and they and replaced like, with well, Jahad. All these great supporting casts we had last year, let's see them take a step up. And it's like, now nah, we kind of needed Carson Edwards. But, but, but that year he averaged 11 points, three rebounds, three assists, shot 42% from the field and 36% from three. Yeah. If Butler gets exactly that from Eric Hunter next year, they should be thrilled. Can we kind of take a step back and talk Butler? Because I think I'm going to have them ninth in the Big East. But I think that this is a, this is a tournament roster. In which, theory, I think it is a tournament roster, yeah. Which begs the question, is the Big East is that deep? Or are, or am I going to look up when I do a top 100 and I'm going to have 70 tournament teams? I think probably both. I think, I think with the portal, you can just build a nice, a nice veteran-laden roster that fits well and has all the skill sets. And... Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, I think you could make a case that Butler should be a little bit higher depending on how much you buy Jaden Taylor, how much you buy, you know, Seamus Lukosius making jumps, how much you buy maybe some health for um, Miles, Miles Tate, you know, guys like that. Is Bo Hodges back? No. But Verbal says that he can if he wants to. I don't know why he's not. Well, too bad. I um, love Bo Hodges. I know every episode somehow Bo Hodges comes up. But like, no, I, I think you're right. I mean, I think like every like if you go to the Big East, everyone except Georgetown and uh, DePaul, like you you can like, sit here and be like, all right, you know, like Seton Hall probably needs a big. Uh, you know, Providence is a, is a brand new group, but is you know very very talented and has some guys back. Um, Villanova's Villanova, obviously Creighton we've talked about at length. Um, UConn with Adamas Sanogo and the guards that they brought in. Marquette, I think, is be the team that you, you maybe wonder about, particularly if Justin Lewis does stay in the draft. But they could have a lot of sophomore jumps. Yes, because but, if, but if, picking up if over Butler, include, I think, would be tricky. I think if you include Kolek in terms of a guy who could make a second year jump, right? You have Kolek and and Cam Jones in the backcourt, and then Joplin, Mitchell, Ellis were all top one hundred guys. Igadaro's young too, so that I mean they have. They have a lot of young talent. I think even Omax counts as a sophomore too. So. We love Omax. The Shaka loves Omax. I think Shaka thinks that Omax is going to be like Justin Lewis very soon. That's just the vibe I get from how they use it. But you know, to wrap it up, Xavier obviously with Sean Miller and Sule Boom has a good team. Colby Jones back and Davy Jones and. Uh, Davy Jones and Corbell out of the portal. I think I might just pick St. John's like eighth, just to just to see what the uproar is like. <laughs> could be fun. Could be a good could be a good off season activity. Just like tweet out some random Big East power rankings at like eight fifteen on a Saturday evening, in like mid June. Just see what happens. But Butler did well. I think we they're mostly set at this point roster wise and uh, have done enough where you feel like they're in a decent. Decent position to be in in the tournament picture. Um, next team that also made two pickups, and I'm just going in reverse order on verbal commits based on some the names that I see that are, are worth mentioning. Uh, Virginia Tech has remade its front court with uh, Grant Basili from uh, Wright State and uh, Mygial Potit. I'm not gonna pretend that I pronounced his name right. He's from Rice. He averaged like eight and four. They really needed front court guys because uh, Aluma's gone. I think Justin Mutz is open to coming back, but is in the process. 
Um, I think Aluma can come back if he wants. Like, Aluma's like, like okay, he's not coming back though. Yeah. If he so. bombs at the combine, though, he 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 can come back. If that happens, then Mister Potit is going to have to reopen his options. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. But how do we how do we feel about this off season for Mike Dunn and Virginia Tech? They lose Naheem Aline, second year in a row that they've lost a you know a backcourt contributor after losing Radford to the portal last year. Um and then obviously they, they're thinner in the front court, obviously losing their best player in Aluma. But I, I like Grant Basili. Um I I like him more for Virginia Tech than I did for other places because he's not a super explosive athlete. But we had looked at this roster. We said, yeah, they really need some front court depth, and they get it with Basili and with uh, Poteet. Uh, and they also got a guy who I think could be a good kind of Virginia Tech player in uh, John Camden, shooter, three of the four. Was at Memphis. You know, they're going to need a jump probably from, you know, Sean Padula. They're probably going to need a jump from Darius Maddox or one of the freshmen. Yeah, Maddox, is, Maddox is the X factor. Yeah. Uh, he, he has great size. He has three level scoring potential. I, I think uh, Aline saw the writing on the wall that next year Maddox would be the starter and he wouldn't. That's why he he was leaving. I think mean, he, he he liked some tweets indicating such. Uh, I think that this team is really built around Maddox taking the step. It, it is kind of short on talent. Like if you compare this roster to Butler's, I think I think Butler. But we say this. Questions. We say this every year about Virginia Tech. I, I've been always a defender, but and okay, we had three years. Of Mike Young, right? We had the first year they stunk, but they beat Michigan State. Darling, yeah. The, the uh, second year they they got lucky with COVID that they played less games and they lost in the first round of the tournament. You're and this year they got they got lucky and they went on a a, a, a ACC tournament hot they streak. Were top twenty five in Ken Palm. Relax. They lost. They stunk. They had no talent. <laughs> oh man. Well, that wraps up Wright State. Uh, who had two big names at the portal and Basili and Tanner Holden. And Tanner Holden actually gives a good chance to segue to our uh, our next team to mention, which is I uh, do just want to add really quick that I am a Patrick Wessler guy. Yeah, why not? These are top top one fifty. Bad visit though. Yeah, he, he had a bad visit at Providence. Supposedly, yeah. One of the only but bad visits of all time. Supposedly, one of his decision making. Emphases was immediate playing time. I'm sorry to break it to you, Patrick. I'm not seeing some of immediate playing time here anymore. But that's that's just how the uh, portal goes. I think he can still play. But he's top top 150, big seven footer. He has g- good touch, per- pretty good reaction, high IQ. Anyway, off, off to Ohio State. Yeah, Ohio State who added Tanner Holden. Much earlier, that that was an early strike in the portal, without question. Uh, which again, you can maybe question whether they should have been as hot and heavy that early on a kid like that. But he averaged twenty a game. Whatever, take him. Uh, Ohio State has done like a weird collection of players this off season. They, they the, the ad here of note is Isaac Likely, uh, who comes in from Oklahoma State. A guy that I think when he hit the portal, we both were like, yeah, like, Isaac Likely can play anywhere in the country. Like, if Isaac Likely just wants to be, like, a rover and guard, Isaac Likely can uh, do whatever he wants. You know, like, 
he can, can play one through four. One through four, he can. Yeah, he's not a shooter, but like it doesn't matter. He's like a rover. He can handle the ball. He can grab and grab and go. Whatever. You know. So 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 again, I I I like all of the pieces that Ohio State has now taken in a vacuum, right? They have likely Tanner Holden, Sean McNeil, all like good transfers. They have good freshman class with Bruce Thornton and, and Roddy Gale. The impact of, of the likely addition in particular is that, you know, Bryce or, or is that it does it means you don't have to start Bruce Thornton right away. And that was I think the concern was that you're gonna have to do that. So yeah, that's that that's great news if you're Ohio State. You just got a grad transfer proven starter. Uh but the shooting here is a little suspect. Like if if you're if they run out of day one lineup and again maybe there's a development from Eugene Brown or there's some you know a freshman that steps up here but if they run out of day one lineup of Ice likely Sean McNeil Tanner Holden Justice Suing and uh, Zed Key that's like a that's like a severe lack of lack of shooting. Well, McNeil is obviously a shooter. Holden's percentages were not good, right? He was like sub thirty. He's not. Yeah, he's not a shooter. I mean, he took. So he was thirty four percent, but he made fourteen total threes this past season. And suing, I think, is a shooter, right? It's been so long. Suing. So forever. I mean, I, I don't think Justice suing as like a shooter. I don't. He can make a shot. Just, it, justice it, Justice suing made twenty two threes in thirty one games last year. Okay. He's not as so, good of a shooter as I thought. But right. So, so yeah, it's, they're, it's, they're gonna have four guys that basically make less than a three a game on the floor. Right. I see your point with the fact that they took Holden and now likely that yeah, this is like two thousand twelve ball with, with like one shooter on uh, you know, one uh, three point shooter in, in, in McNeil. I, now, think, Tal- I, think Jeff, but, I think Jeff Porzello joked that they're gonna play four in one out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. T- T- Towns obviously for, for year seven. We'll see if he's actually healthy. He he he's he's supposed to be a shooter, but like all all these freshmen, you know, they're they're all top seventy five. Thornton, Gale, Sensabaugh, and Akpara. Uh, I think that they may even be like top sixty, all of them. But like relying on freshmen to to, to be good shooters and. I mean, no. haven't they done the same thing now that like we already we we kind of said in the past, which is just like all right, every single player on this roster is like functional, but there's like who's is the best player on this team, Isaac Likely, you know? Yeah, I think I think it could. I think the best player for next year is probably Zed Key with the jump. But you know, I'm a huge Likely guy. I think overall this talent level is like top twenty five, but the pieces don't make a lot of sense and. How much value is there having the best 11th man in college basketball? They, right. they don't have a ton of options. Well, like they they have a lot of options, but like how many different ways can you see this starting lineup going? Right, you figure likely McNeil are definitely in there. You feel Key, Key and Suing are probably definitely in there. The last spot, it's one of the freshmen or Tanner Holden or Eugene Brown. Um, this is not. Not not a great roster construction. A lot of toughness, though. Oh, I mean, loaded with toughness. Between likely Brown and Key. Yes, loaded with toughness, loaded with physicality, loaded with defense. It's a it's a it's a grit and grind, no question. Uh, 
what's next? What's next? Let's, How about Oregon? Yes, Jermaine, that was actually where I was going to go. So Jermaine Cuisinart will join Keyshawn Bartholomew in the backcourt, transfer from Colorado. I mean, those, those are fine ads. They're double-figure scorers at the high major level. Okay, that's a, that's a fine ad. I think this team is really tough to figure out. Um, I, is a Will, Will Richardson back? No. So then, I don't think. So then, at the three, we looking at could be like a three guard look where they got Sores, who played a lot this year, as like a glue guy guard. They add in. You have a top forty recruit in Dior Johnson. I almost think it's just too early with Oregon. We you we know play. that like randomly Dana Altman is going to like this. We know how this works. We do this every off season. We look up throughout the off season. We say whoop. You know, things don't look great. Well, I mean, this year things did not go over well. And without oh, but, Richardson, but it wasn't talent. It wasn't talent. Right. Without Richardson, they have, they have one spot open. So, so they got to make that last spot count. Um, well, that's, is a Gary A coming back? I assume he is. Could be a bad assumption. And then they have three five-star centers with Dante, Kellel Ware, who's like a, Wow, pick next year, super athletic five man, and then Nate Biddle. Um, so talent is there to at least be a tournament team. Construction is, is a little funky right now. I'm not sure in the grand scheme of things how good this Bartholomew Cousinard backcourt really is, but it is proven and old. And the front court and you know, another team hoarding hoarding centers. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess my concern with these guys is, like, none of them have really won. And I'm going to sound like a coach, and probably just because, like... Bartholomew's won. Not when he played. He didn't play in that Colorado team? Not really. He's a backup point guard. I also heard some, like, less than, like, stellar things about that, like, whole, whole ordeal. Like, it was... Remember when he took his visit and he was like, you know what? Oh, yeah, she was so enamored. I don't only commit to Colorado. I'm not leaving. I'm reclassifying up and I'm staying here. <laughs> I mean, like that—that's an all-timer. That—that—that's like a, that's a frequent podcast. But I think I think Keyshawn Bartholomew deciding not to leave is like getting up there with with Connor Tavey among the podcast bits here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, maybe, but yeah, like we'll see with this group. I mean. Nothing really inspires, like I said, Barcelona. There's some like less than ideal things kind of buzzed about, about like kind of winning and caring and whatever. And Cousinard comes from like a non-winning situation and he's like a ball guy. And I think obviously they're they're upsides in their recruits, but also like D- Dior Johnson is, you know, been to like ten schools. Yeah, I guess he's a real pain. I guess Syracuse right, like, was like, not not is, thrilled with having to do. Is that gonna is that gonna be the guy that like fixes it? I, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I just think you can't overlook the fact that Oregon lost Tony Stubblefield. Like, not from, like, a recruiting standpoint, as much as, like, a – like, you can find other people to, like, throw money around, especially in the NIL, NIL era. But, like, a guy like Stubbs, like, players respected. You know, those guys – like, that I, – I wonder if there's, like, a culture thing that trickles down from not having Stubbs anymore. 
They did just add Chuck Barton, who was on Frank Martin's yeah. staff at South Carolina, which is, I'm sure, how they got Mr. Cousinard. That in the Canada connection, I, I believe Cousinard is Canadian. I could be off on that. Yeah, Oregon's in a weird spot because they were unanimously top 20 last year in the preseason. I I mean, and we've been over the group think thing many times, but uh, I remember having them 20th and looking up at everyone had them like 12th, and I was like, didn't, didn't, realize, didn't realize I was so off, but it turned out we were all off. They didn't gel, and they were in the NIT. Should we move so, uh, on to I was, just, I was just trying to refresh my list. Where did you want to go? Kentucky added a Dutiero backup point guard. Yeah, and, why not? I mean, that, that feels like a very whatever move to me. And then from a macro perspective? I think they're done. I think they 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 could use another either three or four to be a starter, just, you know, one of those guys, and then either move Livingston to the four or start um, start a four over Toppin. But I mean, this team should be very good still, even without another piece. Yeah, agreed. Um, they're in good shape. I mean, I, I I don't know why Keon Brooks doesn't just go back. I know people are like, oh, it's not a great fit, whatever. But Keon Brooks should go to USC. Yeah, why not? Sure, sign sign me up. Oh, I, I do want to log this take because I, I've been like making takes in my head, thinking I've I, I've shared it with, with with someone, and then it comes true, and I and I have no record. Um, I, I think Bryce Lindsey is going to go to Maryland. Okay. Just 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 throw it out there. Logging it right now. Nine nine fifty six Eastern time on May tenth. All right, next we have I wanted to hit uh I wanted to hit on where was it? Oh, Wake Forest, Tyree Appleby. Oh, okay. Uh sure, you know, like I I I I think we discussed this earlier uh in the portal and I don't know I don't know how everyone kind of reacted to it. I don't remember what our like conclusion was, but I said one of the reasons it's hard to do portal rankings of like players is that like there's inherent like differences in value depending on what you need. Right. Like, you know, Tyree Appleby is Tyree Appleby. Like we've seen him for the last two years of Florida, 10 points a game, three assists, good three point shooter. If if you're trying to go to sweet 16, Tyree Appleby's probably not your guy, but Tyree Appleby has proven to be a starter on a top 50 ish team two years in a row. So, at the end of the day, if you're Wake Forest, like that's what you needed, right? You needed that guy. They've they've done a little bit of reaching on mid major guys that you know I think they hope that skills translate. I do like both of them and Jao Ituka and uh, Andrew Carr, Carr from Delaware, Ituka from Marist. Uh, Ituka is like a s- aggressive scoring guard, and uh, Carr is a uh, Carr is like a stretch four. Uh, they also very skinny. Yes, they also should be getting Davian Williamson back. They're getting Damari Monsanto back, who obviously is a was a piece for them that they were expecting. You know, you're hoping maybe some development from these young guys, like a Robert McRae, a Lucas Taylor, a Cameron. The young guys actually stayed. Yes, they did. I know it's unbelievable. 
the guys who played the amount they were supposed to play actually were like, cool. Um, but the big problem here, right, is that Jake Ravy is probably not coming back. And it seems like Isaiah Mucius isn't coming back either, which is a... Obviously, you could really use LaRavia as your, you know, one of the best players in the country, as he's going to be a first-round draft pick, it seems like. Um, I mean, you, you you could obviously lose someone like that, but to lose such an experienced piece like Isaiah Mucius as well, and as as we mentioned ad, ad nauseum, portal's pretty dry. And this front court just consists of Andrew Carr from Delaware, Zach Keller, a top 100 freshman big man, and then Matthew Marsh, who barely played last year. He was from England, a freshman. And then you can play Monsanto with the four as well, but it's kind of disappointing that after Wake Forest was arguably the clear winner, I mean, that's kind of contradictory, but Adding Alondas Williams and Jake LaRavia in the portal last year. It doesn't Two seem guys who are going to go to the NBA transfers. Wake Forest got, got owned in the portal. I don't know if this is NIL or, or what, but I mean. I do think it's NIL. I do think, from what I've heard. The NIL is not that strong in Winston-Salem. Because, I mean, just like compare Wake Forest to Butler. I mean, Butler kicked up. Kick their ass in the portal. Also, I mean, right, also at the end of the day, right? Like, full stop. If you're Wake Forest, you just put two guys who, like, no one, like, if you had polled NBA scouts a year ago who Jake LaRavia and Alondas Williams were, like, I bet some of them wouldn't have even known who they were, let alone where they went to school. Alondas Williams was, like, the sixth man on eight seed being a good guy. Seed, and Jake LaRavia was the best player, or the second best player behind Tyree Key depending on who you valued more. Um, like, on Indiana State. Yeah, on Indiana State who came in fourth in the Missouri Valley. And a year later, they're both going to be, you know, like they both could be first-round picks. LaRavia, like, is rising. Alanda has a chance to be like that, like, late, you know, late, late first-round guy. And you couldn't capitalize. It's got to be crushing if you're Steve Forbes, especially if, NIL did this, you know. Like, like Wake Forest could use, obviously, Manny Bates, but also Jalen Thomas, you know. But what are you going to do? Um, we'll see. I mean, look, I mean, we, we didn't think much of this transfer class last year. It was like, it was just like I had this weird collection of, of dudes who were like, yeah, this guy's better than what they have. Um, I just don't know if it's enough. Yeah, I think I had them. Like borderline top 100 as a team, and said you know they were top 50. We uh, should we head head back to the Big East for Femi Odakale from Pitt to Seton Hall and Alamir Dos. Oh, we have both to mention. Um, Odakale and Richmond were high school teammates, I guess. They're both similar, right? They're big ball handling guards. I think Odakali comes off the bench as the sixth man. I think they're going to start Richmond, Dawes, and Harris. One, two, three. Dawes, obviously, double-figure scoring guard at, at Clemson. He's undersized. He's not a point guard, but playing next to Kadari Richmond, who is very huge, uh, that, that doesn't matter anymore. Um, I, I, I like that, that four-man backcourt 
for the three spots, and then they got young guys coming off the bench as well um, with Jaquan Harris, Jaquan Sanders, and Tay Davis. The front court proceeding all, I think they're one piece away from it being solid. I, I am not a Tyrese Samuel guy. I'm kind of optimistic he can be a fine starting center as a senior here. I do like Trey Jackson. Jackson is very athletic and can really shoot it. Um, and then Dre Davis, I've always loved from his time at Louisville. He's just like a gritty combo forward that's tough and physical. So they got to get another center in there alongside Tyree Samuel, which we d- detailed the market is not not in their favor, so they're going to have to probably get creative. That's why they um, called Mr. Chooks Isitsua. Yeah, they didn't. Isn't a dude for the 15 minutes when Samuel's not in there. Maybe they can. Uh, maybe they can be the winner of the Tobey Awaka sweepstakes. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's you, the one freshman that everyone knows. Yeah, Tobey Awaka. What are your thoughts on this Seton Hall group? Do you, do you think it's tournament? Do you think it's too weird? Do you think the talent I'm, levels I'm, are high enough? I, I don't know that I'm underwhelmed. I just think like all of these guys have like fatal flaws. Like, like, again, all all of these players are, like, individually, like, yeah, sure, Femi Odakale, proven high-major guy. Alamir does, proven high-major guy. Kadari Richmond, proven high-major guy, you know? Like, I think Jameer, you said Jameer Harris is black, back. Like, Trey Davis, proven high-major guy. Tyrese Hamlin, all right, cool. But, like, I'm not, like, overwhelmed by any of them. Um, You know, Dawes is, like, a... You know, like, like, Alamir Dawes is, like, a volume guy. He's not super efficient, and... You know, Femi is, you know, a non-shooting point guard who's a little ball dominant, and, you know, Kadari's very up and down. Like, I think it has a chance to be quite good defensively because it's long and, you know, versatile, and at the end of the day, it's probably what's going to define them because that's a, you know, Shaheen Holloway basketball team is what they did at, uh, at St. Peter's. But I'm like, I, I kind of think this should be considered worse than Butler. So the reason why I would put Seton Hall ahead is I think that they're – I think the individual matchup is in Seton Hall's like, – like, I think Kadar Richmond's better than Eric Hunter. I think that, that, that Chuck Harris is better than Dawes. Uh, but I certainly think that Trey Jackson is better than Ali uh, Ali. I'd take Jameer Harris over Jaden Taylor, oh, although that one's very close. Yeah. Um, and then base, Butler, base over I, Samuel, but I, I, I like I just Seton think Hall Butler looks like a team. But, like, Butler looks like a team. Seton Hall looks like a weird collection of players who have I think won. if Seton Hall can get a, a solid backup center, and that could be too much to ask for, but I think that this roster makes more sense. I agree that they could be light on shooting when they're going to be playing Richmond and Odicali together, but. It's just like it. It's three guards who I think want the ball, who I don't think have ever really sacrificed to win. Clemson's won with Alamir Dawes. Yeah, they they were just in the second round of the NCAA tournament, the bubble tournament. That's no, they're in the first round. They lost to Rutgers. Oh, and on that team. Alamir Dawes was like the sixth man and started coming off the bench for when they turned it on and shot. You know, he's a good shooter. Like he's the 40% three guy, 
but he's like a volume guy. You know, he's not super efficient. Not getting to the free throw line. Worse turnover rate than assist, better or worse turnover rate than assist rate. You know, I'm I'm just like not I'm not enthralled by the whole the whole shebang. Did, uh, did you see that Tyrese Hunter is visiting Texas? I did. I and threw I that one out as a potential an play. Yeah, when when I thought Marcus Carr wasn't coming back. Yeah, that doesn't that doesn't strike it to me. I I thought Louisville for Tyrese Hunter. You'd think Louisville can come up with a a good nil package, and then Purdue sitting out there needing a couple of yards. I don't think they're competing in the the, the market the marketplace. Maybe like. Ghost Roberts or someone will go to Purdue, but at this point they they just need to get in there, and grab somebody. Yes. How about this? Uh, this, should, this for a weird one. Sorry, but uh, Morris Daisy to New Mexico. Yeah. No, I, I have like I don't I don't know that I have like real thoughts about this because I don't know if there's like other factors at play if it's like an NIL swing, like if it's a relationship that Patino or one of the staffers had from like recruiting process, but it does feel weird. Like you're going to a Mountain West team that's like probably not going to win for your COVID year. Um, you're going to play. Like, I, I guess that's the sell, right? It's like, he's guaranteed 28 to 30 minutes a game on a team with good guards and a like pick and roll, pick and roll offense where he's going to get, like his share of bunnies, but like, I don't think he really solves the problem for New Mexico, which is that they were dreadful defensively. Like New Mexico has some dudes who can go. Like Jalen House can go, Jamal Mashburn can go. They have a freshman coming in from California, Donovan Dent, who's supposedly like really good. Um, he's another scoring guard. Like they're like they've got some dudes who can just go get shots, and that's like, not super like abnormal for what I think you saw Rick Pitino, or Richard, excuse me, do at uh. Minnesota, like just kind of get players and get dudes who can who can hoop and figure it out. But I'm just like, you know, obviously Morris Udeze is much better than like Sebastian Forsling or whatever. I just don't like, you know, I, I think you need just like the energy. Like, uh, am I crazy for saying I'd rather have the kid uh, Cow from UT Arlington who uh, blocks like a gazillion shots and just like rim runs? I mean, I think if you're New Mexico, his talent was too much to pass up, certainly. Even yes. if he's not a stylistic fit. No, no, but, yeah. I mean, it's 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 very weird because you figure he is certainly better, you would think at least, than Quincy Ballard. Unless, like, was Kenny Poto really pushing him to steal all his minutes? So you figure, okay, he's going high major. Teams need centers, but maybe they don't need 30 minutes of Morris or Daisy. Maybe that's that's the key key differentiator. We have seen in the portal that the number one priority, even outside of money, seems to be opportunity and making sure that you get to play. So maybe that was the motivation. But should we move on? Yes. Um, I was going to hit LSU because KJ Williams officially committed. We talked about this either last week or the week before, uh, that like we kind of both were digging what, what they were putting together. Um, 
Tyra Ward, you know, Jalen Reed, um, some of the longer term transfers like Kendall Coleman and Derek Fountaine, Cam Hayes, and then, you know, backfilling with the Murray State trio that was so good and Juice Hill, KJ Williams and Trey Hannibal. Um, I kind of think this is a tournament team. You know, I, there are obvious caveats here of like, we don't know that LSU's going to be eligible playing the tournament, whatever. But like, you know, KJ Williams is a legit, legit dude. Like he's a 14 and 7, 16 and 8 type of guy anywhere. Um, you know, he's not, like he, he's a 6'9, 6'10 kid who can stretch the floor, he can play on the block, he can play in the pick and roll, pick and pop, like space the floor. He has chemistry already with, you know, Two of the guys who are going to do, be doing a lot of that ball handling for this team and Hill and Hannibal. Obviously, you also have Cam Hayes in that mix as well. But I, I, I like, I like love what they've done here. And again, I've, the whole roster management thing is always the question mark. And, you know, is this actually a core that's going to stay together after these Murray State guys leave that you'll be able to add to? But like, in theory, having two years, let's say with, Mawani Wilkinson, Justice Williams, Tyrell Ward, uh, you know, Jalen Reed, uh, Justice Williams, Kendall Coleman, like, that's a nice start. It is a nice start for McMahon. Adam Miller is down to LSU and TCU. We'll see where he goes. But obviously, that would add even more shooting and scoring. Assuming he, he he's healthy after missing all this past year with the believe in ACL. Yeah, the talent, I think, is there to be a tournament team. Is this going to come down to the cohesion? The figure, you know, it, it was the Ohio Valley, but if K.J. Williams and Juice Hill were good enough to be key pieces on a tournament team, that they could do it again. Now, we'll, we'll, we'll have to see how they translate to the SEC. Um, but, yeah, this is as well as you could have hoped to do rebuilding an entire team from the portal. We saw with Georgetown where at one point it was, well, we're going to get Alex Fudge and Efton Reed, and it turned out, nope, you get a Cook a Cook and Bradley Esguero. It's objectively hilarious that the delivered on a silver platter duo. So Georgetown like hired assistants all to get players and they hired one specifically at Tyrell Ward and didn't yeah. get Tyrell Ward. They hired one to get Afton Reed, Brandon Murray, and Alex Fudge and they got Brandon Murray and Bradley as a wero. What did you say that the T rank dropped? you see the T rank dropped when they added Bradley as a wero? Yes, when I so Georgetown right now for their twenty three projection is hundred forty three in T rank. When I added Bradley as wero, they went down to one forty seven. Seton Hall also went down when you add Femi Odakali. They went from like 68 to 72. So, I think you and Bart are on the same page with the uh, the weird collection there. Absolutely. What else do we have to hit on? So we have your your buddy Max Klesmet to Wisconsin. He's got a strap, man. Kid can shoot. I don't have anything else to add. I mean, he's better than Kamari McGee, so... Good work. And st- starting lineup, uh, you figure we know four of the guys for sure, with Hepburn and Klesmet, Wall and Crowell. Yes. Who's who's number five here? Is it is it McGee? Is it Jacoby Neath? Does guard pull Tom Crean and start Carter Gilmore? 
Uh, good question. I honestly have no idea. Maybe Jordan Davis. I, w- I was surprised that, like, he was playing a little bit in the tournament. He's really bad. Yeah, he's, he's no play now. Um, no, I, I like him. He's a good player. Uh, I, I like, uh, what's his face? Uh, Max Klesman. I think he's a good player. Uh, here's, here's one we should discuss. Devin Askew to Cal. See, Devin Askew was at, at risk of making a third bad decision in a row. I wish we would have to rename the Prince Aduro award after him. Um, this, this I think is a, objectively a very good move. Right? I Where mean, if he, he wants to play, sure. It's just like, yeah. you're, it's the least relevant program in high major basketball, like by a long shot. Even more than Oregon State? Oh, I mean, Oregon State went to a Elite Eight. Like, there was intrigue in, like, how bad they were. Cal, it's just like, all right, they're there, and they suck. He's he's going to play. I assume he's going to average double figures. I'd be surprised if he doesn't. He's not that good. He's not an NBA player. He shouldn't have been a five-star. Or I think when he reclassed. He's, he's, like, down he's a very bad player. offensive player. Like, he's not a good offensive player. He's a shooter who can't shoot. Yes. But he'll get the ball. They'll probably put the ball in his hands, to be honest. Uh, next, for a much much better team in the same state, we have Micah Parrish of San Diego State. Kind of redundant. Was, yeah, very redundant. This was this was very redundant. Micah Parrish had visited uh, Michigan State. Michigan State. I don't know that Michigan State wanted Micah Parrish or not. If they had decided to offer or not, but that I think Tom, Tom Izzo went back to like 2013 and was like, you know, how about I did, I play this Pierre Brooks guy who was a top 100 recruit? Yeah, let's play Pierre Brooks and we'll just take a. Take a take a stock riser instead. Yeah, turn back the clock. Uh, Micah Parrish also visited Colorado State, which would have been a good fit. Instead, he goes to a team that kind of doesn't need him. Yeah, because they have uh, Matt Bradley, they have Chad Baker as a scorer off the bench, they have yeah. Adam Psycho who's been around for a hundred years. Darian Trammell, and they were going to get Rudy Williams, and then it fell apart. Rudy Williams at BYU, BYU, the WCC as a whole. Had like a very active few days. Now the WCC, like it should be noted, like Antoine Davis going to BYU is the only thing that could have like really swung the like the bid number I think in this league. But like like very active few days for all of the teams of the conference. BYU gets Rudy Williams, who can be their uh, their point guard, gives them you know a little bit more hope. If they you know obviously they still have Gideon George back, they have Fusini Treor, they have Colin Chandler, top fifty recruit Colin Chandler. He's very good. Um, so that you know, they they should be in okay shape, um, but you know not 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 tournament level. San Francisco got Marcus Williams, who uh, you know it should it shouldn't be lost on anyone that uh, Marcus Williams went to Wyoming. They were not very good. Uh, he left. They immediately became an at-large team. He went to Texas A&M. They were not very good. And then all of a sudden, as soon as they benched him. They went on a run and nearly made the NCAA tournament and then nearly won the NIT. Um, did they win the NIT? Or did no, they Xavier lose the won. championship Xavier? That's what, that's, what I thought. that's what I thought. I didn't really pay attention. Xavier, who bounced their coach, and the new guy was like, well, why don't we just like not play these two bigs together? Yeah. And then, boom. Championship. <laughs> Raising banners. <laughs> but either way, it should not be lost to people that Marcus Williams, like winning his, winning his come wherever he is left. But at the same time, Marcus Williams also was like third team all Mountain West as a freshman. Like he's a very talented point guard. Uh and if you get the best out of him, 
and you pair him with Khalil Shabazz, who announced he's coming back, and you bring back Gabe Stefanini, and you bring back Julian Richwain, you add in Tony Rokach from uh, UC San Diego, and, you know, like, you, there, there's something here. You know, is, is it a tournament team? No, but is it top 75-ish on paper? Yeah. They can and come in for, second. Yeah, they, they could be in the mix. If Marcus Williams decides to win, like, that's pretty dope. Like, good for Chris Gerlison. I actually sat down with Coach uh, uh, Chris G uh, for the Field 68 off the off the carousel. So if you want to check that out, I tweeted about it a couple days ago. So give that a watch. Uh, and then San Diego got a uh, Jaden Delaire, which is a complete random throwaway. Who in Zach's oh. blog you said that he went to San Diego over Providence, which that doesn't even make any sense. <laughs> Number one. Province has been done, yeah. Anyway, I I think San Francisco could be second place in in the WCC. B, BYU did a nice job getting Rudy Williams to kind of I think it depends on the settle it channel. down a little bit to kind of stay afloat. St. Mary's added Mason Forbes from Harvard. I kind of wanted them to get a center to replace. Mateus Toss, but as as we've mentioned over and over, the centers just aren't there. So maybe a little smaller ball for us for for the Gales this upcoming year. But I think neither of those three teams, San Fran, BYU, Gales, I don't think any of them are German teams. But here's another interesting move. Frankie Collins. Can we can we pause briefly just to say that? Portland has a chance to be the, a top three team in the WCC next year. How so? Uh, I don't know their roster, so you have to explain. Because they were like a low-key monstrous down the stretch last year. Their the roster is a bunch of like white kids who don't – yeah, they're running it back. Their, their roster is very much like a bunch of white kids who uh, are not very – like who, who you, you wouldn't think are that good. But also, like, if you go – so from February 1st on this past year, Portland was where – was, where was Portland? Portland was 120 in uh, in Ken Palm from then on. I think they were better if you go shorter, period. They were like a sneaky – they beat San Francisco. They pushed like everyone they played. They blew some – the doors off a couple people. Yeah, like, they, like in that stretch, they, they, they beat San Francisco. They lost uh, by three – to San Francisco, uh, they beat the breaks off of San Diego. Uh, they beat the breaks off of San Diego again in the conference tournament. They went to the. They nearly won twenty games, which is hilarious. They went. They they had their best conference finish. Like, the hype's gonna be a little bit overboard because it's just not talented. But and then the other WCC schools. I mean, Loyola, Marymount added Noah Tates from Stanford and. Ricky Izanza from Oklahoma. Izanza, I wouldn't really file away, but Tate's played and was a good recruit. Um, and then Pacific added Keelan Boone from Oklahoma State and Donovan Williams from Oklahoma State. None of this is enough, though. And Tyler Beard from Georgetown. Yeah, it's not are. enough, but it is enough to be interesting. Not could be for a tournament bid, but to at least have, have 
have something in their corner. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, what else do we need to get to here? Uh, Frankie, Frankie Collins to Arizona State. Have I, we enjoyed Frankie Collins like spouting his mouth a bunch about random things? I didn't know he was spouting. He was tweeting all sorts of stuff like, oh, we'll see you on November 16th, Michigan. Well, he's not even going to play that much more. Right, because they have DJ Horn still, right? They have Desmond right, Cambridge. That's going to be the starters. Austin, Nune- Austin I mean, Horn's Nunez not really a point like guard. Horn had a 13% assist rate this year. Who cares about your assist rate, man? Just get buckets. I mean, Frankie. Frankie's like a defensive-minded player for sure. In high school, he was a first shoot first, shoot second, shoot third type of guy, which is pretty hard to watch, given how bad a shooter he is. There was once where they they were playing on some like makeshift AAU tournament, um, and I I was trying to watch Legend Jeter, and who's off to Eastern Michigan by the way, but uh, he was on a team with Frankie Collins and Jaden Hardy. He got the ball like once in two games. Like, what am I even watching right now? You were watching Frankie Collins and Jaden Hardy put him up. Yes, I was. Yeah. And letting Jeter get some cardio in. Um, yeah, I mean, I kind of like what Arizona State's done, but it's it's the same oh, no. exact thing with every Arizona State team. It's like, let's collect a bunch of, like, solid players, either elite, you know, whether they're elite recruits or, you know, coming down or they're kids going, you know, mid-major kids going up. They always get players. If anything, they've gotten – they haven't gotten players, like, efficiently this offseason. They have in the past. And they just, like, collect it and see what happens. And – Usually not so hot. Right. Like, Desmond Cambridge was part of a complete, like, dumpster fire Nevada team. So naturally you bring in him attached to his brother to start, both of them to start. You brought two out of three pieces from that one Nevada team. Warren Washington comes over, too. Yeah, like, like you're a program that seemingly struggled with, like, culture and buy-in and whatever, and you just bring in two guys from, like, maybe, like, the biggest shit show in the college basketball last year. Like, what, what was What was the thinking there? Because Bobby Hurley is the last hurrah. we got to get as much talent as we can, too big to fail, and we're just going to make it happen. I mean, by the end of this year, they're, they're playing well. Are um, we going to see Marcus Bagley? Like, what's the deal? I, I, I've been thinking about that for a while. He, he didn't go in the portal. Not in the portal. I don't know if he went in the draft. Uh, I can actually check that for you. NBA. He, early entry candidates. Let's search for Mr. Bagley. Not in the draft. So he's running it back. He's back. I, I, I got to make a note. Bob, Bobby H. must have must have dropped him a little NIL bag. Well, I I remember after last season, Bobby Hurley was like, on this team, you you don't want to be in a foxhole with a lot of these guys, but like you do with Kamani Lawrence, and I guess people were saying that was a shot at, at Marcus Bagley, that he, he didn't want to be I in a foxhole. I think they just loved Kamani. They just loved Kamani Lawrence. Fellow Rhode Islander, Kamani Lawrence. Where else to? I'm I'm scrolling here. I I I had to go back. I've got a quick on. one. Keon Ambrose Hilton to SMU, another indicator of the big man market. Although he's more of like a four. Yeah, this this wasn't a bad get. I mean, he was a top 100 recruit. I figured that that they were going Sam Williamson at the four and would get like a perimeter guy, but instead, 
Looks like Williamson will be at the three and Ambrose Hilton at the four. I mean, Andrew Hilton's also played like two minutes his whole career, so. They need a point guard. Unless they're going to run with Zurich Phelps. Who did they offer? They've been like offering, they they offered Jefferson Koulibaly out of the portal. I saw that, yes. That's like, yeah. They also offered Nick Honor when he was open, obviously, but. Where's Nick Honor in Minnesota? Missouri, splitting with Sean East at point guard. Oh, that's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. A weird Missouri. SMU has a very weird roster with like, like Ricardo, they they've taken some transfers that like would have been fine at uh, Georgia State or Georgia State, but not a, uh, not the high major. Like Ricardo Wright is not an SMU player. Jefferson Koulibaly is probably not an SMU player. Keanu Ambrose is probably not an SMU player. Koulibaly had a big rep. Well, well, that was another. Could be a Jonathan Gavoni special. Because uh, I I definitely heard him mentioned many many times before he committed or. or a, before he made it to Washington State, and then he was hurt, and then just never, never got a real role there. Speaking of Missouri, though, um, everyone was saying Jamarian Sharp to Missouri, this and is Sharp's great. going back to Western Kentucky. Now uh, I I've sworn uh, off. Can we can we can we discuss the fact that uh, Rick Stansberry just punked Kyle Smith Peters? Well, I mean, I've sworn off Western Kentucky. I deleted their depth chart from my file. I'm not getting fooled again. I don't care that you have Christian Lander and Jamarian Sharp and whoever else is on the team. I don't even know because I don't have the depth chart. I'm not putting them in my top 100 ever again. They've fooled me three years in a row. No, I mean, they're never going to like achieve what they're supposed to achieve. Because that's how Stansbury operates. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess the question is like, what are you like? What are you buying out of Christian Lander? You know, like Christian Lander was so bad that he couldn't play on an Indiana team that had like dreadful guards. And his interest. Xavier in, Johnson turned around. His interest reflected that, though, right? Like he visited Iona and he visited Western Kentucky. Like he, it wasn't like all the high majors were lined up. You know, Butler probably could have taken him. They didn't. Cincinnati probably could have taken him. They didn't. Yeah, this uh, this Christian Lander, Davion Harmon, or not Davion Harmon, Davion McKnight, not and Zion Harmon, uh, Dante Allen, uh, a couple of JUCO guys, and Jamarian. It's, it's, it's mighty intriguing. It, it is intriguing, and you know, Mike Mike Woodson was kind of running the the lineups like an NBA style, so that could have an effect on, on Lander again. As we were saying with Devin Askew and now with Christian Lander, just do not reclassify unless you're like Marvin Bagley, Andrew Wiggins, number one with a bullet, R.J. Barrett, I think, too, right? If if you're ranked like 20th, like don't even consider reclassifying. It, it never works out. No, yeah, the the whole reclassification. I guarantee we're gonna get a bunch of them, and I'm gonna buy into them because I'm like, oh yeah, like like Kylan Boswell will go to Arizona, and I'll be like, oh yeah, I saw Kylan Boswell in the EYBL. He's pretty good, and then like he'll average three points a game. He'll be in the portal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of nice portal backup point guards, well, Minnesota has joined St. Louis in uh, listening to me. Just finding a, 
a, a dude who's graduated who wants to know you're a basketball, let him come and play back a point guard. Ben Johnson got a got, got a talented kid. He got Dawson Garcia in, and he he, he, you know, he Ben Johnson could feel the you know that this roster starting to look like a Big Ten team. He said, no, no, we got to get back to back to our roots. CAA, Patriot League, Ivy League. That, that's really what we're built for. So they get Taurus Samuels, who's the third leading scorer on Dartmouth, to be their backup point guard. But this this team is going to be determined how, how they use this last spot, who they're going to get as their starting two guard. If, if it's Kerwin Walton, and if we're buying a Kerwin Walton resurgence, then this team could be like NIT with tournament upside if you squint. I mean, Dawson Garcia is legit extremely talented. Well, also, Jameson like, Battle had a James terrific Battle's year. legit good. Yeah. Jameson Battle's a monster. Like, he's a, he's a first-team All-Big Ten caliber guy. People love Parker Fox, and then a Kerwin-Walton resurgence with a pass-first point guard in Cooper. It's pr- probably enough to to be interesting. They will not come in last. Nice little uh, Isaiah Enan return, too. Yeah. Coming off thing? injury as well. That a thing? Yeah. Give it a shot. Did we talk Kobe Rogers last time? You need to vent it all. We haven't talked yeah. about this whole Wichita State rebuild, which is I think we I think we I think we might have done like a they're slightly better than South Florida thing. Yeah. Uh, with them. Yeah, yeah. But that's basically yeah. Kobe Rogers is a shooter, man. Like I I like the kid. He's he's got a little bit off the bounce, but you know his his, his thing is that he catches and shoots, and he caught and shoot at like forty three percent this past year, I think, and you know. Is is Craig Porter, Colby Rogers, Jared Bell. Pierre, Gus Okafor, and James Rojas with Kenny Poto off the bench a thing? I, no. That, that no, seems like not. a CBI team, you know? Yeah. That seems he was like very a get, middle of the pack that, American. That, that's yeah. a get Isaac Brown fired team, you know? That's a get Colby Rogers in the portal for the th- third time in three years team. Yeah. So. Yeah, and on, on the whole. Antoine Davis thing as I've reached Kansas State on my list. Um, yeah, I think he just he's just like you know what I could average 18 points a game at Kansas State, but what 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 I really want to do is average 30 at Detroit. You know that's that's who I am. I'm the big scorer. I don't I don't need to play at a higher level. I, I need to score the ball more. I think he had like a come to Jesus moment. Someone tweeted. I forget who it was, but I saw a tweet that was like, because it was there was the thing of like he's gonna give his IL money from his glow balls to his teammates. Those glow up basketballs, yeah, yeah. That he's gonna, which, which first of all, I'm gonna call like significant bullshit. But like, yeah, he's gonna get. It, it could wind up being a six figure deal. We're just gonna give him twenty thousand basketballs and sell them. How the hell is Antoine Davis gonna sell twenty thousand glowing basketballs? I know. He's gonna be stuck with all that inventory, having to pay it back. <laughs> he's gonna have a storage locker. In Detroit, just like filled with basketballs all the way to the, to the ceiling, fulfilling orders. But either way, um, yeah, Detroit like has no fans. Like, I don't understand how it works. Either way, someone jo- I saw someone joked like, yeah, like Ant- Ant- Antoine's giving everyone the NIL profits so that he doesn't have to pretend that he wants to pass. Yeah. Um, But yeah, good good for him. He's gonna be the second second all team all time leading scorer at Detroit, or in, in college basketball history, I should say, behind Pistol Pete. 
it is more and more prosperous thing back what Pistol Pete did when you realize that Antoine Davis is, is going to average 25 points a game for five years, and he's going to be, like, hundreds of points short of Pistol Pete, who did in, like, 80 games without, without a three-point three point shot. That is absolutely <laughs> insane. Like, I would love to, like, know what's going on. I know he was playing against, like, plumbers, but still. Next team we have Temple added Jamil Reynolds. So they're added two centers, Kerr, John Cook, and Jamil Reynolds. I mean, this uh, program's going nowhere fast. I'm sorry. They lost Jeremiah Williams to the portal. They have a couple talented guys, like uh, Khalif Battle's very good. I think Julia White had a solid year last year, but it's not happening here for Temple. Yeah, I just don't know, like, how, like, what's the leash here, you know? Like, is this a hot seat year? Figure it should be, but where's, where's the moment? I mean, I just don't know. Like, like they're in a, the wrong league. It's a bad league. Uh, I, I, is there booster money? Like, what's the, like, I, I, I'm just, like, curious if there's actually, like, any, like, institutional will to fire the, like, legend, you know, and McKee. Well, they fired the legend in Fran Dunphy, right? Or, or or they asked him to step down? Well, he retired. Was he pushed, though, or no? Oh, no, I that was know. that was Phil Martelli who got fired, right? Joe's. Martelli got fired, yes. Yeah. Yeah, the, this this roster is... Relatively thin. They also just like have a lot of all their players are in the same like class. So what's the not a lot of talent? They need like I, another like very good perimeter score at Temple. It is definitely one of those places though where like you look at it and you're like, I don't know if Temple's ever gonna get back, you know? Yeah. Yeah, what's what's the path? Where's the momentum? Right, particularly with the football thing, and I don't, I don't mean to like blame football as like a boogeyman or whatever, because I think like it's valuable at football, and Temple's been actually good at football. Like, like when UConn is doing it, and UMass and like it's hurting them, you can be like, all right, these, these programs are like a little like garbage at football, you know? Like Temple like has made good bowl games, like they've been competitive. The last couple of years they struggled, but like Temple has like been a thing in the past in football, like in the last ten years, and so it's not like worth giving up on, but like. There's no easy way for Temple to just like bounce and go be in like a the A10 and try to like compete with those types of programs. There's obviously you no know, in inroad to the Big East. Uh, you know they're probably not going to be an NIL dominator. They're probably not going to, you know, they're 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 going to be in a worse conference they're already in for them because it'll it'll be these kind of same brands or it'll be these this like level of, of of teams minus the good ones minus Houston. Minus Cincinnati, it'll be a winnable league, but it'll be like a Conference USA style league, like a fourteen seed. Yeah, right. Like, what's like, what's the what's the upside here? You know, I think they're kind of trending towards just being like a, you know, being like what what will be the functional difference between Temple and St. Joe's? Nothing. Temple will be like fifty spots higher in Kempom, but who cares? We can do one fifty versus hundred. I'll say John. I'll say Joseph who's fired to coach. Hire Matt Langle. Get a roll. Another team that's going nowhere fast. Nevada added Jared Lucas and, and 
Hunter McIntosh to kind I of. I actually, I actually was gonna like push back on this and say something good about Nevada. This, this to me feels like rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic, but. I mean, like, the thing is here, unless Steve Alford quits, the Titanic has like a minimum of. Unless he quits or like abuses someone, he's, Steve Alford's got like a minimum of four years before the Titanic sinks. <laughs> he has a ten-year contract. He's been there for three. Is a ten-year contract? Yeah, that was a disaster of a move. Oh my goodness gracious! Um, like Jared, like I guess it depends on like your viewpoint on like Jared Lucas and on you know some of these like some of these guys, but like they're going to come like, seventh in the Mount West, right? But this, like, like, I think they could be like a top one hundred team. Like this, this, like this is a passable team right now. Like Keenan Blackshear's decent. Will Baker's was fine last year. Like Trey Coleman. Like like if you run out next year. Hunter McIntosh, Jared Lucas, Keenan Blackshear, Trey Coleman, Will uh, Will Baker, and then one of these freshmen hit. And like apparently like, Trey Pettigrew is really good. He's a top one fifty recruit. Nick Davidson's like a Nevada Gatorade player of the year. You know, like I don't think they're that far away. I think the bigger question is like the energy about the program is really bad. The culture was really bad this past year. Alford and Noodles are like old and want to golf. Like, is that like the way it's going to turn around. Like I, I doubt it. I also think like Nevada has some like issues. Like they have a new AD coming, um, that they haven't hired yet. They just fired their old one. Um, the guy, you know, they, they have facilities, things that need to get done from like a practice facility and locker room standpoint. Um, so I just don't like, I don't know. I mean, I think at the end of the day, you're not that far away. Like I could sit here and talk myself into, this is like a mid pack mountain West team. Like, like I, Obviously, I think Nico Medved, I think the world of Nico Medved, and I think that Isaiah Stevens is probably better than anyone this team has. But if David Roddy leaves, is, you know, Isaiah Stevens, Jalen Lake, John Tanjay, I mean, they're, they have one more commit at least coming that I can tell you is better than Jalen Lake. But like, is Isaiah Stevens transfer shooting guard, Isaiah Rivera, John Tanjay, and Patrick Cartier? really better than you know no. right like is that is that significantly better no i mean it might be like a top 75 team just because isaiah stevens carries him there and nico's a good coach but like you know there, there's like a non not not super distant world where if you know things don't go right Colorado state and nevada look like pretty similar in a year well i think you say that they're definitely behind san diego state colorado state wyoming unlv fresno that's five right there. Why why are we like automatically buying Fresno? Is it, so Robinson is gone, right? I'm assuming Robinson's gonna go. I, I don't think it's done, but like I would be surprised if he's back, yeah. Okay, so we'll throw Fresno in the same category with Nevada and maybe New Mexico, but that that Fresno we're Nevada. Doing, we're doing far too much new um Mountain West previewing for a May podcast. Well, it's 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 the general trajectory here is very similar to Temple. Like, where are they going? What's the legitimate path? There's nothing like you, know, you don't look at like yeah you don't look at what they've done like what they've accomplished at Nevada and say like oh yeah like next year it's gonna like figure itself out. I also don't know why Jared Lucas is going there. I guess like, you just want shots, but you just Washington lost. State should have shots. Yeah. Washington State shot you in the league. 
I think I think Grant Sherfield should go to Washington State. I've heard Grant Sherfield already has a destination in mind, and it's not Washington State. The I buzz I heard, State, the buzz I, I heard, he's, he's pick and roll heavy, yes. and they need guards, so he could come in and just fire. So the buzz I had heard there was Oklahoma. Huh. Yeah. It's 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 puzzling. What one of the reasons it's puzzling is that they would be taking two kids who are two time transfers who haven't graduated in Grant Sherfield and Joe Bamasiel. It doesn't feel very portery from a culture standpoint either. I think Porter's abandoning the principles. I think he's just going full on, let's collect players and see if we can win. Well see if this was two thousand twelve, he'd say, you know what, I have Bijan Cortez was a rotation guy. Milos Uzan's top 100 recruit. Let's let's roll with that. You know, not today. Um, staying in the state of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State added a shooter and Caleb Asbury from Texas State, and a seventh year senior Russell Harrison from Louisiana Monroe, by way of NAIA's and this and that and the other. I'm. I'm like super underwhelmed by Oklahoma State's offseason. They also added John Michael Wright. That's 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 our offseason. Plus returning obviously the core of Avery Anderson, Bryce Thompson, and Musa Cisse. Would you so, rather have any of these transfers over Rondell Walker? Well that's that's the thing where when Rondell Walker transferred, in my head I said, Well, that's a huge loss. But if you asked me to guess his or say what his stats were this year, I would have said like nine points and two assists, you know, just like a great bench spark plug. But he only averaged like four or five points a game. But um, realistically, is you know, are these guys going to be like is Caleb Asbury really going to be better than like like stick stick, stick Caleb Asbury and Rondell Walker on Texas State and see who wins the job? Yeah, I think. Probably Walker. John Michael Wright is good. Like, he can score, but he's legit. He's a high major guy, so I'm playing. But I don't feel like there's been a lot of juice to these additions. I don't know that they're going to go anywhere with this as a core, um, unless Bryce Thompson and or Musa Cisse blow up. What do you think about – well, and that's still still possible, but um, what do you think about Oklahoma State versus Iowa State? Hmm. I think CC is probably better than Hassan Ward. I need to wait and see if AJ Green goes to Iowa State. There. And what are these guys waiting for? Let's go. Let's get out of the well, portal. Well, AJ's still in the process. What does that mean? The draft process. So. Was he invited to either combine? I don't know. I don't remember. Hurry up and let's get all this settled, guys. <laughs> Well, we are looking forward to sharing it all. Do you have anything else, Brad? Uh, K.K. Robinson to Texas. Do you like the move? I know we mentioned Texas it earlier. A&M, yeah, whatever. I mean, I loved him at Oak Hill. I mean, I think we he was part of the uh, 2020 summer film watch series. And I think we both agreed that he had a very bright future, potentially even brighter than Moses Moody's at Arkansas. We were very wrong. But uh, I don't know if I've ever seen him play in a high school. I saw an Oak Hill game, and I was like, wow, this kid is special, man. Like, this is going to be fun. I remember watching Katie Johnson and being like, eh, I don't know. 
Yeah, you, you didn't appeal. love Katie. I saw Katie's appeal. I wasn't. Uh, Katie got fatter, but you know he's still kind of the same guy. I didn't like any of the guys on, on that team. They had Katie Johnson, Corey Walker. This guy stinks. Yeah, um, that was and a he did stink. And Gabe Wisnitzer, I was like, this guy is not a high major player. Get out of here. And he's off to Ohio. Yeah. So, so really, you know, it doesn't take rocket science to figure some of this out. Sometimes it's literally just watching a guy play once <laughs> instead of just looking at his recruiting ranking, and 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 that does you a world of world of good. Yeah, you were you were you were an early uh, Corey Corey. Uh... Corey Walker. Walker. Should we hit quickly the uh, U18 team before we wrap up the show? Yes, but I'll I'll just rapid fire the rest of the stuff on my depth charts. Um, Drame Twins to LaSalle. Whatever. Jade Mullins to Washington State. Feels like a reach. Yeah, if you would ask me to tell you Mullins' stats, I wouldn't have come up with two points a game for a former top 100 recruit. Um, Trey Williams to Tulane. This is a bad get. Is it a bad get? I mean, he flamed out at Oregon State. He flamed out at Minnesota. Now he's off to Tulane. Who, he was playable who, at Minnesota at Tulane like this type of kid. What type of kid is this? Like a, Is he a high character? No, big scoring guard. Also, Tulane usually takes low character, not high character. Um. Keontae Kennedy to Vanderbilt, former Xavier Musketeer, wing shooter. Vanderbilt's, Vanderbilt's screwed. They are kind of, unless Liam Robbins is old Liam Robbins. Even old Liam Robbins, bro. They, Vanderbilt was bad this past year. They were like a little feisty, but they're still like not an NIT team. They were an NIT team. Did they make the NIT? Is that a thing? Yeah, they, they, they lost to Xavier in oh, what right. is now retroactively the Keontae Kennedy Bowl. That did happen. My apologies. My apologies. Um, the only guy, were, though, I, I I saw Andrew Slater insinuate that South Carolina said they didn't want to go so they could fire Frank Martin. Fire Frank, yeah. Vanderbilt. They were pretty fringe. They were a fringe NIT team this year with Scotty Pippen Jr. as one of the best players in the country. Okay, and that, they've replaced Scotty Pippen Jr. with Ezra Mannion. That, uh... Completes my depth charts, too, so we can move on to U18. Well, on Vanderbilt. I want to see what their T-rank is right now, projection. So we're looking They're at a lineup of... 50th with, without Scottie Pippen Jr. So hold on. Let me do the roster cast tool. That's just going to be Mannion and Keontae Kennedy in the backcourt. You're going to have yeah. Jordan Wright and Miles Stute, three and four, and then Robbins at the five. And then a bench that's filled with a bunch of kind of hopefuls. So how do I remove some track players? Scotty Pippen. I was having trouble one day adding and subtracting on the same same attempt. Ezra and Keontae are there already. Submit. Oh, it doesn't have Liam Robbins. That's not helpful. Yes. If you take Scotty Pippen out, they go from 50 to 85. So, oh, well. I don't think they'll be 85th even. So, and that concludes our run through of every semi-notable transfer. Beautiful. So quickly, uh, U19 roster. U18. Yeah. Yes, what I meant. 
You have it in front of you, Brad, or should I pull it up? I have it. Um, Beautiful. So the, the the one returning college player is Corey Floyd of of Providence now. Um, he obviously reclassed from 2022 to 2021, redshirted at UConn, uh, and I guess his birthday is January of well, is 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 January, so he makes the cut. Um, a lot of really good 2022s, uh, most notably. Uh, Cam Whitmore from Villanova, Kellel Ware from Oregon, Nick Smith, and Jordan Walsh, and Anthony Black from Arkansas, all three of them. Dior Johnson from Oregon, Seth Trimble from UNC, a um, couple of athletic combo forwards, Ty Rogers from Michigan, and Eric Daly, who is, might be going pro, um, and then Mark Armstrong from Villanova. So we could potentially be seeing two Villanova starters if both guys make the team. Um, figure Whitmore definitely, Armstrong will probably be on the bubble, uh, and then Amari Bailey for, for, for UCLA. Bunch of 2023 guys, most notably uh, Matt Buley from Overtime, um, Caleb Foster for Duke. I, I know a lot of people like I, Isaiah Collier as the best point guard in the class. Gigi he's, Jackson, who's he's committed. Impressive. To, I did see Isaiah Collier play. He's pretty impressive. Uh, Gigi Jackson. Going to UNC, um, a, a lot of combo guards in this 2023 group, and a lot of just like skinny athletic centers. Like there, there's there's no Hunter Dickinson here, right? They're all long, athletic, pogo stick type of guys. And then one 2024 kid, uh, Derek Queen, who I think is like top five or so in that class. Um, so we'll we'll certainly be watching as long as it's not paywalled, like U19 was last year. But. I'm not paying for you. last year? Oh, it was only yeah. like later in the thing. Yeah. I'm not watching. I'm not, I'm not buying ESPN Plus to watch these games, even if Corey Floyd's on the team. But, yeah, that's that's the highlight. Uh, uh, Stefan Castle, too, who might re- – the uh, UConn message board thinks he's going to reclass after 2022, but we'll see. Um. Jared McCain is coming to Duke as well as a shooter. A lot of guys. Uh, yeah, no, that should be good. I, I, I personally, like, I want as many 20 to 22 guys in this as possible just because it's like the easiest evaluation setting for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've seen some of the 2023s already, which helps. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited about it. Like I said, we, we we always like to watch these over the summer. It just gives you something to so to pick up on, some notes on different guys. It usually winds up being a pretty good evaluation setting. It's, so uh, I, I I believe that the last U18 team, this was the roster. Correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Cole Anthony, Tyrese Maxey, Matthew Hurt, Kobe White, Ayo Dezunmu, Josiah James, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, Quinton Grimes, Armando Baycott, Trace Jackson Davis, Rocket Watts, and Kamaka Hepa. So that is that is eight or that's seven guys who played in the NBA already. James and Baycott and TJT are obviously still in school and could make it to the NBA. Um, and then obviously Watts and Hepa. They they were not good in the, in the tournament, especially Hepa. He, he was horrendous. 
uh, but Watts was out of place too, and that's 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 borne out as as you were saying, it's a pretty good evaluation tool in that sense. In general, um, you know, the one thing you always have to worry about, and it's a little bit less pronounced with the 2020 or the U18 versus the U19, is the favoritism in terms of how teams are like who 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 gets the ball. Right, like like the UA19 team this past year had Bruce Weber or not Bruce Weber, uh, Jamie Dixon as the coach. Uh, oh, that was Matt that, Painter. Oh no, no, no! You're right, you're right, you're right. Sorry. I think Paint was on staff. He he was he was the guy who picked the pool of players, I think, and then Jamie yes. Dixon coached it. Yes. So Jamie Dixon took Mike Miles and put Mike Miles like as the offense leader. Him and Jay Nivey. And Kenneth Lofton, because he loved, like, you know, playing through the bigs, because that's who Jamie Dixon is. The one boy. And then Painter had a good, you know, good hand in it, so he put Caleb first on the team. And, you know, obviously Jaden Ivey. Uh, Ivey was obviously deserving. No, don't get me wrong. But, you know, like, Johnny Davis was toiling away, like, as, like, a 3 and D wing. Yeah, Davis was the 10th man. Kendy Chandler was the backup point guard. Trying to think who else was on that team. Um, Chet obviously was the best player. Yep, Chet, Kenny Lofton. Oh, uh, Patrick Baldwin was on the team. Peyton Watson. Yeah, Pat Baldwin had a good tournament. Peyton Watson was very uh, energetic. Yeah. Oh, um, Harrison Ingram was on the team. Johnny Davis, yeah. as you said. Yes, sir. Is that it for the uh, for the pod? That's all I have. All right, folks. Uh, we will see you all next week with more uh, more takes as we head into combine week. Thanks for joining us.